0: I'm in Max Max, Max, Max Max You are listening to Happy Jack's RPG Podcast. I'm in Max 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 Max. Max 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 Pursuing the RPG hobby with reckless abandon. Why hello and welcome to season 28, episode 7 of Happy Jack's RPG Podcast. My name is Stu. I am Bill. This is Tappy. And this is Mo. And this... just We're very pleased to announce that this episode of Happy Jacks RPG Podcast is sponsored by EasyRollerDice.com and their new Kickstarter, the Color Shift Dice Trays. Our dear friends over at Easy Roller Dice are back with another project, the Color Shift Dice Trays. We have some of their original trays. I actually have one here. And why am I... Why is it not pausing when I tell it to pause? This is like their original dice tray. It has a lid and the lid comes off and there's a staging area for your dice out here so your rolling area remains, you know, clear and clutter-free and it has this nice little fuzzy interior and they have the cool artwork on it. Well, this new one, the color shift dice tray, it features art on the top that changes colors as you shift it. It's that, I don't know what do they call that stuff? I, I can't Hypertoler. remember. Inticular it's what
1: right whereas you get lenticulars, it catches the light differently you get different color shades
0: okay <clears throat> super cool and uh there's various different colors like blues and purples and in there i mean i think people are probably understand what i'm talking about and there's also beautiful new patterns on the base of the dice tray or a neutral gray service surface if you prefer a plain regular design uh, there are five bases to choose from, so go and check it out at EasyRollerDice.com slash shift. EasyRollerDice.com slash shift. Most of the cool base colors will not be available after the Kickstarter. Very important. So now is the time to get in and get the tray and the base that you want. Again, go to EasyRollerDice.com slash shift. And help bring this project to life. Last time I checked, they were at fourteen thousand and change, and I think their p- trigger pulling goal was sixteen k. I believe. Yeah, I think
1: they. I think they popped. Oh, did I they really? An email because as soon as I went and saw that they were sponsoring the new thing was, I backed it immediately. I'm like, these are freaking gorgeous.
0: They're pretty, and you know, I yeah. th- this one, I I don't, I have not yet since I think well, since I got these, I don't think I, I don't know if I've been to a con yet, but I think this is the the they're lidded dice trays are like the perfect dice trays for to take to a game convention it's like if i know what games i'm going to play i know what dice i need to bring because you don't need to bring everything obviously people do i've seen people do that but when you're trying to pack you you don't want to pack everything so you can throw the dice you're going to need for whatever games you're going to play or you know just a bunch of d6s or d10s whatever whatever your whatever your 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 thing is and then you close the thing up and you've got all of your dice safely in there in its own tray and also if you have someone else who has the same kind of problem where they can't keep their dice on the table you got a second tray in the lid if you need it you can lend it to a friend
2: there you go to one of your goblin friends who just has tons of dice and just right. in all all over the place yeah. exactly <clears throat> so again easyrollerdice.com
0: slash shift to help bring this project to life. And they, they have passed their $16,000 goal. They're at 16445 with 249 backers. 28 days to go. So thank you. I wonder
2: you. if the um, the color is kind of like how, you know, in like butterfly wings, there are, there's no pigment. And instead it's just like a prism effect. Which will do like that kind of lenticular effect that Bill is talking about. That's- um, where it's...
1: I think they're made from butterfly wings. Oh,
2: okay. <laughs> that's the
1: secret, actually.
2: No, they had actually, it. I have jewelry made from butterfly wings. It's really cool. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, you're going it, just it just got dark. Really <laughs> but, real
3: dark. Real dark. <laughs> I make I it my
1: jewelry, my friend. It'll be a wonderful
0: brooch. It kind of looks like what light looks like when you're on mushrooms. I mean, think it's the best way I can describe okay. it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that's like
2: too. I
0: mean <laughs> I mean it, it they, I mean they definitely look kinda of purplish. Why is it disconnecting and reconnecting? Why would OBS want to do that to me? Yeah, it hates you. It does hate me. It says it's reconnected successfully. Oh, okay, alright. So Yeah, but it, it it has kind of a purple bluish tinge to it, sort of. And there's a bunch of different ones that like some of them almost look like the, those things where they pour different paints or different dyes on something, and it kind of has that. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you know. I don't even. There's words for this stuff, I'm sure.
3: <laughs> you're a, you're <laughs> a writer. You're I, a writer. I, <laughs> I, yes,
0: yeah. yes. But yeah, I am good. not a dictionary. Oh, One okay. of them looks like a, almost like the uh, God, that looks almost like uh, like a, a satellite photo of a shoreline. Hmm. Base design D. That one's really cool. And then, of course, if you want to just drop acid and see things, you can just get the gray.
1: Sure. (laughs) I'm have some Bib and Tucker tonight. (laughs) 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 Uh, My my inebriation is going to be sponsored by Bib and Tucker.
2: Excellent. (laughs) Um, Yeah, it's called structural coloration, and uh, apparently peacock feathers are brown, but pigmented, but because of the colors, because of the structure of the Feather—that's what gives it all that iridescent stuff—and so I, they're, would, they're, I would guess that's what's happening here, which is
0: really cool. So they're just so peacock feathers are just brown, if if pigment-wise. Mm-hmm. Wow, which is why
2: when you have one that is um, uh, uh, leukistic, like like the albino, they don't have that backing of the the brown uh, behind them. So, like the I think the light more like passes through it rather than comes back out, and then has the um, the prism effect to refract you see the extra light. Cool. So, because it's refracted but just goes through, you don't really see it, and it's just kind of like a clear little feather. Cool beans! Super neat stuff. Science is cool.
0: Right? Uh, is are people saying that people are saying that the stream is choppy? But I'm looking, and it says that my stream going up is three kilobits. Per second, which is plenty. It only
3: needs
0: to be one. Huh. Hmm. Maybe it's <clears throat> fixed by now. Let me <clears throat> know if, when you guys hear me. Let me know if it's fixed because it should be because it says my stream says my streaming upstream speed is kicking, kicking, kicking booty. Seems to be stabilized. Excellent. All right. In this episode of Happy Jack's RPG Podcast. Oh, thank you to EasyRollerDice.com for sponsoring the show. Hey. And if you enjoy the show. Please support our sponsors, and we we have not heard from them for a long time. Of course, because of the COVIDs, and I and I was able to catch up a little bit with my contact over at Easy Roller Dice, and and they are doing well and they did survive. Because I wondered about them because we hadn't heard about, heard from them in so long, and you never know what's going to happen when <clears throat> the world turns upside down. So, but they're there and they're hey, alive and well.
3: I got news too. Oh yeah, go ahead. Uh, I've been playing in the Stone Top uh, live play, mm-hmm. uh, run by Emily, and. Um, <clears throat> I reached out to the creator to see if I could, if I was uh, had the blessing to do a space hack where you're uh, kind of more blue-collar space people. Kind of like Alien, which makes me sad because um, Yafi Koto died last week. Mm-hmm. Oh. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, yeah. And uh, not only did I get his blessing to go and fart around on my own, but uh, now they're going to be using my game as a... Uh, as a stretch goal for the Kickstarter. Awesome. So if get to nice. 85000 then then uh, everybody who gets Stone Top will also get um, Hold Fast Station. Awesome. That's, That's really cool.
1: I've been enjoying the, the Stone Top uh, actual play, so I, I think it's going to get a lot of interest, which is great, because then I can just get yours. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I mean, I wasn't so sure, but now... For
3: positive. That. <laughs> <laughs> it's the it's the whipped cream on top. Excellent. Oh well, yeah. Well, congratulations. So, yeah. People are digging the um, the 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 I, I play tested it a couple times and people are really digging the kind of hard science part of it. Um, you know, it's lar- low fantasy for Stone Top, hard science for a uh, Fast Out Station. So right. Yeah. Cool. But I I, I I I'm I'm super uh, geeked. That's fantastic.
2: If it's hard science and blue <clears throat> collar, isn't that more kind of like low science? If at like with low fantasy, well, you're like not that nope. kind of
3: thing. The space wizards are not going to descend with um, with laser swords.
2: Good. <laughs> right, <laughs> but you also don't you don't have PhDs, and you're not going to like make a new spaceship or something. Exactly. You're like, but you exactly. kind of really have to abide by the rules of you know the ship that you're in or you know physics etc., because. You don't have the actual knowledge to. You don't. You don't know how to hack it exactly. Which it, which feels to me very similar to like low fantasy stuff, where like you're a fighter. There's magic stuff that goes around, but that's not your deal. Like you didn't go to wizard college for two hundred years, right? But you still have the tools and the ability to go out and, and change, etc. Even though other people and other structures are so much more powerful than you.
3: Well, it's kind of like Stone Top in that, like, there are a lot of mechanics that really bring you into kind of really supporting the community. So, kind of like a uh, in and Dark Games, there's a com- there's there's a, a a station sheet that you know your character can die, and you can play an NPC in the next cycle. But you know, if the station dies, then you lose. Mm. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so, add on top of the fact that you don't know how to fix this space station. Um, you don't know how to build this space station. You don't have space magic. You're not a space wizard. But, um, yeah, um, you know, it's about keeping keeping the family together or the work family, as it were.
1: That's really cool. Listening to Stone Top, I was thinking like, man, oh, this is really cool. I really want this in space. Like, seriously, because <laughs> what a shock. I mean, I'm running a space thing now on the, on the network, <laughs> so I'm like, I love the space stuff. So I'm just like, oh, okay, this is going to be my
3: jam bill i think everybody wants that thing in space (laughs) yeah (laughs) it's pretty easy all right i'm
0: trying to fix some crap while you guys are talking because they said the stream is still a little choppy i don't understand why it is hopefully it's hopefully it's better now if it's not better those of you in the chat room let me know and i'll go in and make sure my kids i made the mistake my kids of course you know they're doing remote learning and there's two internet connections that come into my house. There's the one that we all use in the house, and then there's the one that's specifically for Happy Jacks. <clears throat> because trying to, to share an internet connection, a streaming internet connection, with two teenagers, <laughs> and you can guess how that usually goes. Especially with my daughter, who will stream two shows at the same time. One on the television, and one on her phone. Two separate shows. And somehow, she's watching both of them. And So I... W- one day, but... Of course, they you have to during because they're they're being schooled from home. So while they're when they're at home, they have to get on f- and and stream for their classes and all that stuff. <clears throat> and one day, Zachary calls me up and he's trying to contain his elation. He's like, "The internet's down, so we can't get in school." And I'm like, "Oh, that sucks." Well, here you go. There's a second internet connection to the house that I've never told you guys about. <laughs> go to this Wi-Fi router. And then I'm gonna text you and your sister the password, (laughs) and they're like, "What? You have two? Who has two internet connections?" (laughs) (laughs) Oh, they hated it. They hated it. Um,
1: Now they can get on.
0: So who knows? That's the problem. So if it's not fixed, let me know. But people are saying it looks like it's okay now. Uh in this episode of Happy Checks RPG Podcast, Greg in Virginia writes in about minis and RPGs. Ken writes in about GMing tropes. That was our topic from yes last week or the week before? I don't remember. And then yes. Muddy Boots in New York sends us a horror story. A good horror story too. Oh yeah. good.
1: You, one. you want to stick around for this horror <laughs> story. It is.
0: It's a long one, but it is He's a good storyteller. He is a good is. storyteller. Uh, but first, if you'd like to email us, you can email us at happyjacksrpg at gmail.com. That's happyjacksrpg at gmail.com. If you want to go on your favorite social media or and find us, it's happyjacksrpg, all one word. And we do the show live uh, at happyjacks.org slash live at 7 p.m. Pacific time. So you can come and join us then. Uh, who would like to read the first email? Or should I? We're read? all going
1: to like chip in on that last one. Oh, right? we're gonna. Yeah. You know,
0: I'll read. I'll go ahead and read the first one. Okay. Uh, minis and RPGs from Greg in Virginia. <clears throat> Dear Happy Jack's crew and other assorted ruffians and ne'er do wells. Uh, a while back, I happened to overhear two grizzled veterans talking about the state of modern tabletop gaming. Grognard one made the comment that. Modern games rely too heavily on minis and some kind of greater tile system. Okay, I got things to say about that, but I'll go on. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. I Modern games. <laughs> Grognard 2 replied. What was This might have been in like 1975. Uh, Grognard, <laughs> <laughs> Grognard 2 replies Yep, when the minis come out, the role playing stops. They were referring to d and 5E specifically. I know that this is a dead horse, which you can safely step around if you so choose. We never do that. Uh, but I argue that if the role-playing stops, you're probably not a very good role-player. But then, number one makes an additional comment. He recalled back in the early days of d and 3E, Wizards sold randomized pre-painted minis in booster packs. They leaned very heavily toward the collectible aspect. I think they did that in 4E, too, Mm -hmm. Uh, with, uh, with different levels of scarcity in a dozen or so different or more different series. Unfortunately, this meant you'd end up with 20 skeletons and 30 kobolds before you ever got that really cool beholder or hider that you actually needed for your campaign. And you could buy an entire case of booster packs and not get every rare mini in the set. Now, yep. hmm.
3: Yep. I remember that.
0: I remember that, that you would just buy them and they were like in these little cardboard boxes inside the blister pack. That's
3: them, yep. right? That's the one of mm-hmm. them. Okay.
1: Yeah, but they were blind packs. You had no idea what you were going to get. Exactly. Right. That's what it.
3: magic did to our RPGs, Right. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, you know, Wizards of the Coast is like, oh, that works really well with that card mm-hmm. thing. Let's do it we with
0: sell the RPGs. shit out of cards. Mm hmm. Uh, you could buy into Target, okay. Uh, now you can buy similar overpriced minis with the same uninspiring paint job. Hey, better than I do. Uh, but at least they come clear come in clear blister packaging so that you can see what you're getting. Listening to those guys ramble got me thinking. Back in the 3.0, 3.5 days, those random randomized minis came with a little stat card. It made it really easy to run those monsters in combat. But if you turned the card over, it had rules for running a tabletop minis game. I don't know if I knew that. Uh, nothing as intense as Warhammer 40k or Battletech, but still a fun skirmish type game. My group often played the minis when one or two players weren't able to make, our ses- make it to a session. I-, I also recall that there was a very cool Star Wars ship combat game that used little mini ships. I think that game's still around. Isn't that that's the FFG game? Or is
1: yeah, it... I mean, I I think so. I, I don't know if they are making new ships and stuff. I'm sure you can still find them in the stores.
2: Is that the same as the the Star Trek one where you like run at each other and fire and then limp away?
1: They did. A, oh, yeah, they did a Star Trek game? one as well, but the Star Wars one I think
2: was the first one they well, did.
0: The Star sure. Trek Star Trek one that's based, still based on Starfleet battles.
2: Oh, Okay, isn't it?
0: I'm guessing. Well, the, I'm asking. I don't.
2: I don't know. They were what I recall uh, a while ago. Um, was you had these very like amazingly detailed like uh, schematics of your ships and then you had them go at each other yes. but you couldn't really destroy an entire ship with one salvo but neither could they mm. and so you really kind of, and you'd lose guns and people and stuff like that as you shoot shot each other until eventually neither of them could really do anything and then just kind of limped away and that was the entire game.
0: You had this sort of like... <clears throat> It wasn't really necessarily a schematic, but it had like a bunch of little squares that that represented your shields on on all sides,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and then it had and then it, I, I can't remember. That's that sounds like Starfleet battles. Okay. And at some point they came. They used to just use the little the little cardboard chips on a hex grid, but mm. at some and that's the first game that I saw that had impulses, where mm-hmm. it, I, I think there were thirty two impulses, and then you could. You, you, d- depending on on what your sp- current speed was you'd move at different rates but you, d- you didn't like have your turning to you m- move your whole move it's like a little little bit proportional like uh like champions i think the first time i saw it was in was in starfleet battles but they did eventually come up with little miniatures rather than just the, the little cardboard chits
1: I yeah, think. I mean, well, recently, right, I mean, within the last, whatever, 10 years or so, was Star Wars uh, X-Wing miniatures game.
0: That's the one I'm thinking of, right, yes. Which is the one you're talking about, which yes. had,
1: like, just all the great minis, especially if you're a Star Wars fiend like me. Um, and then they did expansions for, like, Galactic Empire First Order and Rebel Alliance and Scum and Villainy. And uh, I have no idea if those are still being sold. A lot of them, even on Fantasy Flight Games site, are out of stock. Oh, really? So um, yeah, like the core sets are like all out of stock. So uh, like yeah, I don't know if they're if they're still making them because like a lot of stuff's on sale too. Um, I think part of the probably one of the things that would have hit that hard is COVID because that is a game you've got to be in the same room, like measuring, moving fleets, playing cards. Right.
0: That's really that would ha- be, be really hard to play online. Really yeah, hard. You'd
1: have to have uh, like there's a there's a um, kind of a car Wars style game that actually uses you, you buy like <clears throat> matchbox cars and mod them.
0: Oh, uh, something reloaded. Uh, Gaslands. Gas, Gaslands. Gaslands reloaded. Yep. I've got that super
1: cool. And Tyler really got into that, but it was then he was living in COVID. And so he tried to run it online. He like got a camera and put it over a table and would mm-hmm. lay it out. And then everybody would set in their cars and he would do all the moving and stuff, but it's just, it's, it's almost like a step or two, too far disconnected from actually playing right so I could imagine you know I mean part of the joy is bringing all your figures and laying them down and
0: oh yeah I mean that, I know. mean p- trying to play can you imagine trying to play like Warhammer 40k remote it's like oh I'm gonna I'm gonna FedEx my army to you
2: <laughs> and it would it would just be all, all argument case. <laughs> that's not what no you, you can't see anything there right <laughs> no 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 you should be a little bit further no I mean that's all you get oh you're, you're you're cheating me out here. <laughs> and you can't even you can't even deck the guy.
0: Right. That's right. So that? it's it's nothing but an argument phase. There's no fight yeah. phase. Um <laughs> Uh, it
1: looks
0: so wait, like there's, the- still le- there's still more to the email, though. Yes. Uh, <laughs> 40K, my group often played these minis games when people were missing. Uh, I also recall that there was a very cool Star Wars game, went through that. Uh, whatever happened to these types of games? And I'm talking even before COVID, it seems like LARPing has even gotten more popular, and that's something I never thought I would say. I know that I know there are still diehard modelers who assemble paint their own minis, and sites like Hero Forge are popular, but in a broad sense, as miniatures are miniatures losing popularity amongst gamers. Thanks for reading this far. Take a drink of your beverage of choice, which is like a generic Lacroix. Greg mm. in Virginia.
3: I know plenty of people are still uh, working planting figs, building um, uh, scenery, um, getting out the. I guess there's foam. Now Mm -hmm. that people go to Home Depot and they buy a special pink foam, and they put the trees up, they spray it with glue, they lay down the the moss, and um, you know they build a whole kind of BBEG scene, Mm -hmm. you know, for their their fantasy RPGs. Sure. uh, Oh yeah, and it amazes me because I'm like, are you going to do that again next week?
0: (laughs) <laughs> yeah, Once you put all that effort into that scene. Although, God, when Bill, Bill, when Bill and I went to Gen Con 50, what was that, three, four years ago now? Mm-hmm. Yeah, four years ago now. I, I took a bunch of pictures of some of it, because we went through the wargaming section, which is kind of like, I mean, there, I think Warhammer had its own area. I didn't see a lot of war. Now, there was some Warhammer there, but some of the some of the scenery people had for their miniatures games, it was freaking gorgeous.
1: Absolutely. Well, they had that tournament play that was going on too, oh, right? Where they great. had like like these like massive arenas t- and they, these things were, I'm not kidding, like 15 feet by 10 feet, oh, yeah. was just like ridiculously huge and all super intricately painted. I was just like, oh wow, like that looks like that would be a blast to play on, and mm-hmm. you, that's dedicated though.
0: Oh yeah. yeah. Now I think my my and even at our local game convention they'll have games cuz I, I went there once and I played and I got kind of got hooked into it a little bit uh Team Yankee which is the World War 3 minis game it's the it's the World War 3 that never happened it takes place in the 1980s and it's US Western European forces versus Warsaw Pact forces and you've got tanks and it's it's based on the a, a World War 2 game it's same scale called flames XS and allies no it's called flames of
2: oh um mm.
0: flames of I know, war
2: i know what you're talking about i think it's mm, might be flames of war or something like flames
0: that. of victory or flames of war it's the one, or it's like the one like.
2: that is, has a really cool idea of like any person with a gun can shoot you if you're standing up so your target number to hit them is based on their skill to not be seen i think not so on your skill with a gun mm.
0: i think so and, and I and I bought, because uh, uh, Zachary was really in, interested in it, so after he, he, we went and played the demo at the GameCon, of course, I went and dumped too much money on the thing, and got a, 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 a small uh, Warsaw Pact army and a small small NATO army, and then, of course, once I start painting them, it's like, oh my god, when is the playing of the game actually happen? So somewhere, I think they're in You're my like, attic now. The
1: green army is fighting the red army. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's what i should have done but i mean they I, but i did pretty good I, I don't do very well painting miniatures of people but miniatures of tanks i did a pretty good job i made them look kind of distressed and they looked like kind of you know like they'd been in battle and shit and i would even did okay with like some of the the camouflage um patterns but i mean th- that stuff's still out there the thing is i i mean now, is he, is he talking about miniatures games in general, or is he talking about miniatures in RPGs? I think he's just I talking think, about
2: miniatures, yeah? I think I, that's still a hobby. I, it's still out there. I think it's miniatures and RPGs is kind of like what the, what I got the, the sense mm-hmm. of. Of like, you know, are, are miniatures cool? Like, is the game... Because Combat in 5e, for all intents and purposes, is a board game. And that's kind of what like the grognards were talking about and this person is saying that you can still roleplay while you're doing that even if you're not like in character but like make actions that your character would make rather than you personally knowing what tactical decisions you should make right Mm -hmm. Um, and then that goes on to do people still care about miniatures Um, I I mean
0: that really depends on on what game they're playing Yeah, it really does. And,
2: and how much of that game is based around that board game?
0: Um, right. Mm-hmm. right. Well, I mean, it, I so, would I would almost say that the D and D the the various versions of D and D, especially four and five, four especially, I think, is almost like a hybrid. I mean, it is definitely a role playing game, but it also is a board game when you get into combat. Come right. <laughs> Especially 4-y, cause 4-y, yeah, 4 because Yeah, was
1: super like that.
0: Yeah, yeah. But I, I, I don't... Um, I mean, and I've played Savage Worlds with minis on a map, and I think that's a, a, a very fun game to play. GURPS, I've played it Theater of the Mind, and I've also played it where we actually did the whole... And Bill and I... In, in the in the 80s, the whole hardcore you have you have six movement points. I'm going to turn two facings. That uses two points. I'm going to move three squares. I have one point left. I'm going to go ahead and swing my sword. So and one one second turns, and you're moving small amounts at a time. And we used to play that, and we played by hardcore rules for that. We played rules as written a lot, and it was fun. It was a lot of fun. It it, it kind of sc- almost scratches two different itches. It scratches your role playing itch, and it also scratches your board game itch.
1: I think it's interesting, though, even when you're doing theater of the mind. A lot of times, people want to have like, can you just draw out what the surroundings or a rough map, or I have an idea, you know, help me have a better idea of where I am, right, right, in relationship to things. And I find that even if you're not going through all the mechanics of measuring things out and am I this many hexes away and what's my range, like even knowing, well, I'm positioned here. Well, can I move to here? You know, even if you're not really measuring that out in inches or heck, something you're like oh yeah you can get to the end of that building okay great then i'm here like it helps with that sometimes oh yeah you know when we were doing the star wars game forever ago now um you know i would painstakingly set up certain scenes that i thought were gonna be really important to the characters and everybody came over and i said this one like massive cantina scenes i have like tons and tons and tons also bought me for my birthday when you're just like a boatload of star wars minis because um, there was a Star Wars miniatures game, right? A collectible miniatures game. So I had this whole cantina set up, and the band was here, and everybody's in. So they came in. It was like, was like, oh, oh my god, okay, Th- this is you know, and and I think uh, the funny part is I think everybody we were in the cantina for all of five minutes, uh, you know, um, <laughs> because it wasn't set up to be tactical; it was set up to be atmospheric. Right, right, right. and I love I love minis for that. I love props for that too. That's the Mm -hmm. other thing I really miss not being in the room. Um, You know, I have a whole drawer that my you find this drawer that I'll pull out and be like, "Oh, you find this?" Because I like to hand things to people so they have them and they have a tactile nature. And and Mo, you were talking about building like building scenery. Um, These, if you get if you buy stuff. Yeah, right. Are the little packing things or like bottles mm-hmm. that everyone to? They always look like Mo's Eisley buildings to me, or
3: like.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and I and when I lived when I was still in California, I had like my garage had a massive collection of these of all sizes. That was that was my Mo's Eisley. That was like <laughs> at some point I'm gonna bust this out. People are gonna show up, and I'm gonna have like a whole damn city set up with these. And it wouldn't take much paint. Perfect.
2: And they wouldn't they're take much paint, in the paint to make desert. it look real. Right. <laughs> now, now I do think that culture is changing from that. Yeah, uh, people like exactly. asking, where are things? What can I do? And mm-hmm. moving more towards, I'm going to do this because yeah, I am going yeah. to assume or I am going to declare or whatever that there's a thing here that I can I can do the thing. Um, and, I mean, there are pros and cons of both of those things. Um, but uh, I think it's people who are used to that sort of thing going to a miniatures world is going to be very difficult right <clears throat> and they probably will really really dislike it which is why it's funny to talk about modern systems having miniatures and i think of monitor of modern systems where everybody's just making shit up
3: oh yeah yep, exactly. right yeah. yeah their mechanics were it you know yeah, right it's like i rolled well enough to put a tree right there mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly
1: <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I think that's really interesting, Tabby, right, where we're a lot of what we're now experiencing relies less and less on the physical and more and more on communication and the imagination. But I find even doing that, personally, like, if I can have a mini of my character, I kind of just like it. Even if I never put it down, I just want... You know, and then it's like what, and I'm looking behind Mo there, right? Like where he's, like, it's fan art that people have drawn of characters. Like any visualization, I find helps me get into a character. One of the things I, I totally stole from Jason is um, when you're playing a game, you're also kind of casting it like it's the show. So i have doing, I'm done that in Yuma Station now, where it's like, um, you know, like hey, so who plays you in the TV series? Right, and it right. Just, then it immediately is. Everybody's like, "Oh, okay. Oh, all right. I have some kind of baseline to go from." Right, um, which I find is just is can can be like super helpful. Um, so I love minis for that, um, just for that purpose, if nothing else.
3: And that's actually all you want to do is get people into the the fiction of whatever's going on, and their games like you know, D and D um, and. Steve, uh, Steve Jackson games, and um, even to a certain extent, um, Savage Worlds. That like they have a lot of mechanics for strategy and like the higher ground and getting the advantage and all that stuff. And you know, and some of the story games, eh, not so
2: much. Right. You know, if you if you if you say it good, if you roll good, yeah, you could do it. Right. What's also interesting, one thing that I found is the more mechanics a game has for like the board game tactical combat system, the less deadly combat has to be or else people just die instantly. Like you can't mm. have you can't have stuff be too deadly, so it's actually kind of more nerfed that way so you get to do mm. more stuff. Uh maybe not the maybe the player killers get to kill like uh goblins or whatever like crazy, He's but vice like
3: versa.
2: Player killers, yeah. <laughs> um uh, so when you get to things like Traveller, where you're not, or uh, Cyberpunk 2020, uh, I don't think. Well, they might have. I think they had actually miniatures, but I don't think anybody would play them because if you got shot, you just died. Right. So don't get shot.
0: Well, original um, Traveller, there was a miniatures thing, game called Striker. I think it was called, mm. and you could. It was basically because there were people who wanted a a combat system. That was uh, basically more like a board game, and Striker, It even came in the same size box with the same ki- sort of digest size books and everything like that. But it was basically a miniature science fiction combat game that you could use with Traveller if you wanted. <clears throat> I never Wait, would have.
1: I, <laughs> it's, really, it's really interesting, Happy. The thing I was like, do Do you think that part of that is because there's a recognition at some level that if a if a player has a figure. Right on a board that represents them, they've invested time and money in that, and so you don't want to just be like, oh, okay, here's my character. I put him out, and like three minutes into the game, I go, okay, where well, are you guys dead? Like, but, <laughs> but my mini...
0: Oh, uh, honestly, man, too I, bad you I spent eight so. hours painting it.
2: Yeah, I, I think a lot of that has to do with that. I mean, like, just any time you, you put yourself, your character, in combat a lot, especially fair combat, because you don't in, in a lot of games, you don't want to get into fights. You want to get into murders, right? Right. Like that's what that's what you did, <clears throat> Bill, back in the My Traveler game. You just got into yes. murders, yeah, so they can shoot much. back at you. And I was on um, the right side of that, so it was fun. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you know, I had very few times there's tactical combat because it's very likely somebody's going to die because I, I really wanted combat to feel scary. But if combat is scary and you're playing half your 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 game. As this board game and combat is scary, that's that's no that's just not going to work because you're going to roll badly, or somebody's or the uh, mm-hmm. GM's going to roll well, and then you're dead. So you have to be able to take a bunch of hits. That that combat has to be more like cinematic or more just kind of like not realistic or w-
0: more one sided.
2: Yeah, um, because mm-hmm. it's expected that you will get through.
0: Right, it's right. expected
2: that you will get through every combat. As opposed to, if you're in more theory of the mind things, how how I like to do it so that there's less combat is uh, it's hyper-deadly. So you really, really got to make your choices whether or not you want to get into the fight or not. Or if you do, make sure that you have a huge advantage.
0: Right. Um, oh, Bobcat uh, corrected me. It, Snapshot was the miniatures mm. traveler uh, personal combat game. Striker was the vehicle version of it.
2: Mm. So, oh, did they have the boat version of it? Because I got the <laughs> rules over here for like how to uh, use a sailboat in Traveler.
0: Right. Oh yeah. Well,
2: they—that
0: was called Sinker. That was... <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, thank you, uh, Ken, for the email. Oh no, that oh, was again. You know, wait, one last thing. Like, yeah,
1: remember, on. remember the um, the. Uh, um, savage riffs game yeah yeah you know that yeah that that could have ran so we played on a two or three games and then i like got a mini and i had it painted right and it showed up and the day it showed up is when my character died it was perfect <laughs> and and everybody was like well no i did i chose there's a move in savage uh riffs where you can you go to blaze of glory and you just decide like nope i'm gonna do this thing that basically alters reality but then by the end of the session you must die it's awesome. It's epic. It's a freaking epic oh, yeah. movie. So I did that to like save my daughter, right? Which which everybody's like, oh, I don't think that thing would actually kill her at all. Like, oh. it's fine. She's a dragon. She's gonna be okay. I'm like, no, <laughs> no. He would do this. He was crazy. He would do this. He and then everybody was like, Dave even said, but you just got the mini. I'm like, well, whatever. Be <laughs> <laughs> you know, enshrined in the hall of memories or something. I don't know but yeah that that was like an actual consideration right so i think there is that investment there is
0: uh okay thank you greg uh from virginia uh who wants to read jamming tropes from ken oh but jim toe is in the chat room and he says give me back my savage world book Stu. seven years is long enough i got it i'm gonna while you guys are reading that i'm gonna make sure it's still i can find it because i think it's still in the studio <laughs> do you guys remember that when he came out here flew out here for oh, a yeah. show seven years ago, he brought a Savage Worlds book with him and he had a bunch of people sign it, and he left it here so other people could sign it for him. And I never sent yeah. it back. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <That's> funny. <laughs>
0: so, so, someone read the GMing tropes from Ken.
3: I'll, I'll start. All right. Uh, hey, gents, and maybe lady or ladies, but lately, sadly lacking. I just listened to episode 2805. And gave some thought to my own GM tropes, which I haven't GM'd anything of my own creation for decades. It was, I was out of it for quite some time, then had been GM, GMing commercial campaigns since. And these consist of summoning stuff to destroy the earth and aliens trying to take over the earth. I recall my personal stuff being pretty run of the mill. How do you come up with interesting stuff? That will work with the range of thespians and murder hobos in your group. I did have a bit of inspiration while listening to you gents discussing what if there was evil stuff happening that is obviously leading up to something nasty. A group of neer do show up, maybe cross swords or lasers with the party. And then a the party discovers the upcoming summoning event but here's the twist. The group they find is summoning something good to fight the evil that is already happening. The group... Oh, that's it.
1: Oh, sorry, there I cut, because we did a little cut and paste, and the second part I yeah, added has the rest of it.
3: Oh, uh, Already happening. And the other forces are bad guys to s- trying to stop it. Interesting, though, to be honest, as I write this, it seems pretty gimmicky. P.S. Yes, I got nothing.
1: It took me when I read this a, a couple of read throughs to parse what he was saying. And what I think what I what I think Ken is saying is his idea is the it's it's got that setup of there's going to be a summoning and you're there to stop a summoning and as you're investigating you find out there's going to be a stuffening a uh, summoning and there's obviously evil stuff already happening in the world. Right. So when this group shows up obviously you assume, oh, like, they're going to be summoning, and you find out they are going to be summoning. But then the twist is they're trying to summon something good.
3: Like an angel. Bad
1: stuff that's already right, right, right. happening. Right, right, right. It took me a couple of weeks. like, oh, is that? The, oh, okay, I get it. I get it. Um, which I actually think is pretty interesting, and I've never had that happen in a game where suddenly what I, what the players lead to, are led to believe or of, of their own volition is the bad guys actually aren't the Bad guys,
2: just because bad stuff's happening. I'm, I have and learned that. I get,
3: to,
2: I've never been able to get players to Go do ahead. that. Oh, yeah. Players always jump to different conclusions than what I want. <laughs> always. I think it's cool if you can do it, but.
0: Yeah, if you. that, that it, it, A plan like that is very unlikely to survive contact with the players.
3: You think, <laughs> do you think
1: you could pivot to that? like over the course of play and and the players like oh we think it's the, this must be them these are the bad guys that are doing the summoning then just be like oh, oh
0: i guess those are the
3: good guys oh, yeah like,
0: yeah would, you know. <laughs> yeah you could definitely do it that way
1: I would right. start
3: yeah. off with I would start off with that and then as the players stop the summoning they then realize oh we need to actually help but you can't do it till the next blue moon
2: so right <laughs> there, there's a great there's a great uh psychological bias you can use to help do that k- kind of thing called anchoring and the the concept behind it is basically the first thought that uh somebody has about something typically informs all the rest of them
3: mm-hmm. so
2: like if you can um i mean learning more psychology to fuck with your players and or give them a better experiment or experience is always good I think um but the more you can put things out there and when they start having that, whatever is their first, like uh, like Bill was saying, like, okay, well, this little thread right here, their initial thought is that's no good. So cool, we can work with that one. Um, or just try and set up uh, like very obvious things to get them going down that train of thought. Mm-hmm. I've never had success with that. Um, trying to lead... Characters with breadcrumbs just doesn't work for me, um, but that's because all my friends have been playing for so long, and you know, I just like to do crazy shit. Um,
1: well, it's because you play with a bunch of uh, wrench throwers, and I'm one of those. But yeah, like, yeah. It's like that seems. Like, what if we did this instead? Right. <laughs> and, I think and, like, he well, wants guess us the to do about this.
0: something else now. <laughs> I think he wants us oh. to do this. So let's do something
1: else. <laughs> I don't I, like doors. Well, see, you did that one play test to call a Cthulhu that one time. We're, and, and we're leaving. So was like, oh, why would we be here? And, and <laughs> yeah. no one had an answer. Like, no, nope, oh. we'd all be leaving now. Nope. So like, oh, that, the train literally breaks. You are literally
2: <laughs> real. <here>. Right. <laughs> um, that's a gr- another great technique, is like, instead of making a story, I try to put players in an antebellum situation. Mm-hmm. They have to do something. Whatever the situation is, you have to do something because if you don't do anything, things you care about or you yourself are going to go right. Away. right. So, like if you're in um, uh, a post apocalyptic world, the well goes dry. This is a big deal. You have to do something about it. Right. You know? So, why are we here? Oh, we're here because everybody's going to die in three days if we don't figure mm-hmm. out some sort of water. Um, you know, or, you know, <laughs> the world's ending. We need to make sure that the last summons doesn't, you know, destroy the world, etc. But, like, other things need to be happening other than just summoning. Other things need to be happening to the players or the people around the players that not inform them. I need to do this to stop something else, but I have to do this because of what is happening now? Right. Yeah. The stakes have to be there.
0: Yeah. Um, let's go ahead and but just before before thank you um, Ken for the email before we start with the horror story. Look what I found. Oh, that's Jim Cho's yeah. Savage, and this is the Savage Worlds Explorers Edition. This is the old one, third printing, nineteen seventy. Two thousand nine. Okay, it's vintage at this point. It's, it's got vintage. It's here. I doesn't look like I signed it. <laughs> I went through stork signed by very bad luck or whatever it's called, but people signed by their favorite rules. So <laughs> it's back in the little plastic bag. I'll, I will sign it before I send it. But send me that email, that ma- uh, mailing address, and I'll <laughs> get your Savage Worlds back for you. And you get to save the ten bucks. But yes, <laughs> that's how often I clean out my studio. <laughs> <clears throat> All right. Horror story from Muddy Boots in New York City. Who would like to start it? Because this is a long this one. This is a multi
1: folks. So this is gonna. This
0: is like. This is hardcore. But it is a good story. It's uh, it's, it's really three and a half good. pages long.
1: It's really good.
0: Should I start it? I'll start. All right. Greetings, all of you bards, storytellers, musicians, wren fairies, geezers, and all of the all of the wonderful creative people who give you a community to swim in i hope everyone is doing well and living your lives as best you can in this dystopian future the met opera stagehands are still locked out and it looks like broadway broadway will open in the fall with luck i want to apologize for my last note you haven't read it which is good it was a mess and i actually sent you the wrong text due to a putt and cased error cut
3: and paste
0: cut and paste yeah. He's making a joke. Un-cased. Got it. <laughs> um, all right. <clears throat> I blame John Barleycorn, Steel icepan reference for ale. I was drunk. So to make up for it, here's a horror story.
2: I, I think that that reference is before Steel Iceman. Too.
0: It might. Be. <laughs> 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 all
2: right. I'll take,
1: I'll take, uh, I'll take the first chunk here. Okay, go. Uh, it was the early eighties, that magic time between finals and summer stock. I
0: hadn't gained much all winter. It was making up for
1: lost time. I had jumped back into my two regular games. My friend Vince, who was one of the core people for our extended group, asked me if I could come along with him to pick up his younger brother, Jeff, from college. They were both good friends, and I had hooked them on gaming in the last minutes of the 70s. They both had taken to it easily and were very good GMs. The plan was we would go pack Jeff's stuff into two vehicles, making it an easy job, and then game with some people there for the evening. Jeff would GM a one-shot, and Vince and I would anchor the table. Sure, why not? We'd be on the road by 1 a.m. We left early, drove four hours, and got there for lunch. We spent the afternoon catching up and tossing stuff into vehicles. Jeff had to move a lot of books, but it was not a difficult loadout. In the process, we met the couple that Jeff rented a room from and discovered that it was their idea to do the one-shot. Gene and Pat were nice enough, but very Jesus-y. Okay, no problem. Just roll with it and have fun, right? Right. Gene had arranged the game and pulled in three more players from where he worked. Quick aside, seven players was pretty normal back then. It was so hard to find games that you didn't turn people away. Dungeon crawling was the state of the art, and Unearthed Arcana, first edition, was the very latest shiny thing. A lot of bad behavior and strange groupings were tolerated because you had to work with what you had. Back to the story. Jeff, Vince, and I went to grab an early dinner so we could be back at his place and set up by 6 o'clock when everyone else was scheduled to arrive. I asked Jeff about Gene and Pat's view on the Satanic Panic and how that worked with them being so overly capital C Christians. He told us that they were all right with RPGs as long as it was about being good guys. They had played before and had a small group. They wanted to see how others played. I was a little concerned. Pat had stared daggers at me earlier. Jeff told me that was because I had long hair and she didn't approve.
3: <laughs> also, I let
1: her know that my father was an Episcopal, Episcopal priest. Episcopal priest. Hang on, I'm not more booze.
0: Episcopal.
1: All would be forgiven and I would be fine with her. I relaxed a little, but put my hair up in a bun with a framing nail anyway. I'll let somebody else take the next couple, three paragraphs.
2: I'll do that. Um, our home community didn't have any problems with the satanic panic. My father thought D&D was great. One of the mothers of a younger guy in our Conan group asked my father about gaming and Satan. He told her, Mary, Teresa, the boys are killing devils and fighting evil. That's good. He thought it was hysterical. It also solved that, uh, for, it also solved that for our friend. Related to that, Vince and Jeff's mother was a history teacher and played with us regularly. She had also been my Sunday school teacher at one point. She ran mean dwarves. She had also come up with a great concept. Dwarven women don't have beards. They braid and weave their long thick hair under their chin to honor the Stone Fathers when out under the sky or dealing with non-dwarves. Even with our community safe from the Satanic Panic, we were still very aware of it and knew people who had their books burned. So we went to the game. I kept an open mind about Jean and Pat deciding to be a good guest and game ambassador. Should I start? Uh, Or
0: you want to remote?
2: I'll I'll do a few more.
0: Okay, great. great.
2: A a big friendly bear of a kid named Teddy was the first to show up. Jeff was a little surprised since he knew Teddy from school, but didn't know he was a gamer. It was a good sign. Just at six, a beat-up AMC pacer pulled up and two guys came to the door. Chad and Spicoli had arrived. (laughs) Not the real name, but it describes them. Chad had on an odd, with the collar full up in that eighties preppy cup, and Spicoli looked like Sean Penn in that role, acted that way too. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, no. Spicoli was fast times at Ridgemont High, right? <laughs> yeah, yep. yeah,
2: yeah. Okay. <clears throat> we sat down and looked over the partial pre gens that Jeff handed around. We fleshed things out and agreed that we were all in a caravan together. The caravan was the official alternative to you meet in a tavern in those days. Jeff was very good at quick marching through the preliminaries and getting the story rolling. I may have taught him to play, but he taught me how to do that. Things started rolling. Teddy was funny and into the game. Spicoli thought everything was awesome and engaged with everyone. Chad had an acid tongue. At one point, Spicoli failed a a roll and yelled, Ah, crap! Pat bristled and said with steel in her voice, Please don't swear in my house. Yikes! <laughs> Crap. Spicoli apologized and said he would not swear, which he lived up to. Uh, there are a few more uncomfortable frictions as people played, relaxed, and adjusted. So the first two hours were actually great. The story was good, and the gaming was too. We took a break. All right, why don't you guys?
0: Okay, you want to go, Ramon? Uh,
3: I don't have the text.
0: Oh, you? Do- oh, shoot! I forgot to send the email. I'm sorry. Um, it's okay. okay.
3: i'll I'll pick it back up it's good i'm happy
0: to read
1: um pat went into the kitchen and put more drinks in the fridge and gene went to get more chips and stuff at the store i went out to the porch with vince jeff and teddy we talked about the game so far and laughed about gene and pat's matching track suits we watched spicoli walk to his pacer and take off his sweatshirt and toss it on the hood of his car he got in and lit up a few minutes later he got out in a cloud and stood there for a couple minutes. He put his sweatshirt on and joined us on the porch. So it he still smell like smelled dope, like dope, right? but at least he tried. <laughs> Dean came back, and we got back to it. There were a couple more awkward moments. Pat got a little upset when Teddy's druid cast a few spells, and he made some RP verbiage like, Nature is all things. He had a quick, uh, I mean, nature is God's greatest creation. Uh, I storked an important role and said, Oh, f- foozy which got a glare from Pat and a laugh. <laughs> Chat made several acidic comments which he immediately apologized for. He made a few in character that he didn't apologize for and said, "I'm just playing my character." This resulted in the paladin refusing to lay on hands until he apologized in character. Generally, things were still okay. All evening long, people had been misplacing dice. The long shag carpet under the table didn't help. It was going to be it was going from funny to weird. In those days, it actually wasn't easy to get good dice. The TSR Eight. dice weren't good and wore out quickly, so if you had Armory, or better yet, Game Science dice, you guarded them. Gene said that after the game, we could move the table and go through the rug in detail. I know I had at least two green dice in the green shag rug at my feet, but I didn't think much of it. I'll let somebody else take over as my In as game, my is upset.
0: In game, there had been some notes flying over the screen from half the group. Teddy was trying to quietly use some druidic spells to scout and protect us in camp. I was trying to heal my wizard, all the usual side traffic which Jeff handled with aplomb. Chad's thief was skulking around during his watch and totally failed to detect a wandering monster. I don't remember what it was, but it wounded Gene's cleric. We drove it off and settled back in. Now it was my watch. About halfway through my watch, as notes continued to fly, I got a note back from Jeff you see a thief rooting around in the druid's bag. You, oh, so you see the, the thief rooting around in the druid's bag. The druid doesn't seem to notice. You also see Vince sneaking up behind the thief. Moments later, Jeff asked Chad and Vince rolls. Chad rolled poorly. Jeff asked Vince, So what is your action? Vince announced. I punch him in the back of the head with my gauntleted fist and yell for everyone to arms. Chad went ballistic. What the fuck do you do that, you fucking asshole? Jeff and Spicoli said, Chill out, dude, in unison. Pat shot eye daggers. Jeff went on to say that the only person actually asleep was Teddy's druid, and the rest of the party had been watching the thief for quite a while chad announced that he was going for a short sword and i nailed him with a hold person spell from a wand spicoli and the holy duo cleric and paladin announced that they were searching uh, the thief in detail and dumping out all his bags chad was seething i'm just playing my character he was met with several versions of me too the party recovered several things that the thief had pilfered from them He spent the rest of the night tied up and guarded. Chad calmed down and started to to, to just go with it. In character, he was being obsequious and apologizing, saying he was practicing and was going to return everything in the morning. In the morning, with some grumbling and good RP, we got underway, we hit an encounter, and Spicoli had to roll a d20 and found his missing. His bright red game science gem d20 numbered from 1 to 20 was missing in those days a lot of dice were still numbered from zero to nine twice. A real d20 was special. he yeah, used to use different colors for the high and the low because um, you had to put you, you had to use crayon or something because they came uninked. Uh, Teddy being a gentleman offered him a spare from his bag When Teddy got up to go get his bag, from where it was leaning on the couch at the end of the room, he tripped over Chad's bag and went sprawling. He bounced, rolled, and ended up sitting on, on the floor facing us. He didn't say ouch or sorry. He said, that's my Walkman. He said it flat as a point of fact. We all looked and saw a Walkman on the floor having just fallen out of Chad's bag, and it had a He-Man sticker on it. Does someone want to go from there? <laughs> I'll take it. Okay. I'll take it. Before anybody
1: could figure out what was happening, Teddy became Ursus Horribless and swatted Chad in the side of the head. (laughs) Spicoli came out of his chair and took Chad to the floor fast, ending up in a chokehold. Turns out he'd been an all-star wrestler in high school. The only thing he said was, go limp or I will choke you out, and I am not giving you a ride home. (laughs) Everything on the game had turned real. We dumped out Chad's bag and searched his coat. We found most of the missing dice, cassettes from Spicoli's car, Vince's expensive calculator, my copy of Unearthed Arcana, and an envelope that Gene identified as Church Petty Cash. The cops were called and arrived quickly. Spicoli hung onto Chad and only let him go when the officer asked him to, by name. He replied, of course, Officer Murray, how's your dad doing? By this time, <laughs> we had eight cops in the house asking us what was going on. Since everyone said exactly the same thing, except Chad, and Spicoli explained what a role-playing game was to Officer Murray, it only took about an hour to sort out. They found Spicoli's D20 in Chad's pocket, along with some of Pat's jewelry. Chad got a ride, but not home. (laughs) The rest of us talked about what had happened, and Gene said that he had thought Chad was weird at work, but just needed friends. We talked far into the night, and Gene actually went out and got beer. Pat swore up a storm and apologized for each one. We slept on the floor and drove home four hours later the next day. Uh, Epilogue. I ran into Spicoli about 10 years later in a shopping mall. He told me that he and Teddy had become really good friends, and he even married Teddy's sister. They have a regular gaming community, and he said he sees the Holy Rollers occasionally, and they run a regular good-themed game. Sometimes he and Teddy sit in. Apparently, after Gene's experience at home with Chad, their workplace investigated and found a problem to the tune of six figures. Uh Enough that Chad ended up in Attica State Penitentiary. Whoa! Moral of the story is, I'm just playing my character isn't a justification, it's a warning sign. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks to all of you, be well and stay safe. Muddy Boots in NYC. Wow. P.S. There's many P.S.'s. Somebody wants to do those. You want to read them, Tabby? Uh,
2: yeah. Uh, Gaming can make strange fellowships that result in good friends across communities. It has an awesome power of inclusion and awareness, but trust your gut, don't excuse bad behavior. PPS, Kadaev sounds exactly like my friend Vince. Have Kadaev say, It's a bomb made of tuna! It's a tuna bomb! He's While sure. holding a rotten tuna sandwich in a plastic box. <laughs> no! <laughs> and running around like Batman, trying not to blow up nuns or ducklings. That's Vince, and that's Kadaev. I'm glad nature makes people like them. Uh, P to the third S, your shows are too short and you don't drink enough beer. Uphill both ways.
0: 359 <laughs> <He put> <laughs> <his> <laughs>
2: count, no, Two yeah, hundred and fifty-nine words. Two thousand
0: three hundred and fifty-nine. <laughs> yeah, you should do that if you write a long email, and then it's easier to figure out what the who's got the longest email.
1: Isn't that uh, right. amazing? I mean, to me, I think maybe when we are all reading that, at least when I was like, oh, this is going to be the like Christians, right? Like, That's exactly what I was thinking. Somebody's books get thrown away, or like you know, and like oh, oh no. Oh, no. <laughs>
2: Oh,
0: hmm, hmm. Did not go where I, I thought it was
2: going. Someone was stealing. I mean, wow, that is a, a special kind of kleptomania where you're like, I don't even know if this person really played many games, and then was stealing all the good dice.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, this uh, this could like really be kleptomania.
2: I yeah, mean, so I what? mean, you're you're not making any money with that. There's no, no. reason to do it.
0: no. That was crazy. But I, a I, hot black I, market I, oh, for Game Science dice. I do think Those I things. disagree with the the. I'm just playing my character because I know a lot of people who who've said that who aren't kleptomaniacs. <laughs> 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 well, that I, I think, know,
1: but I think it's not. I think it's not they're kleptomaniacs. <clears throat> the thing that they're doing, the people are like, "Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa! Why are you doing that?" If they then say, "I'm just playing my character." that thing is the warning sign. Right. Whatever yeah. it is.
3: Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> you know, like, that's the fourth house you've, you've set on fire for no reason. Oh, I'm playing my character.
0: Hmm. Hmm. Florida, like, hey, man. Convicted of Archer. You know how they say it. <laughs> you,
2: you really get to know the people you play with, right? Yeah. And especially if you play, like, a full campaign with them. And it isn't so much, like, you're all playing, playing to be different people, but, like, your personality and things you care about and, and quirks you have, etc. just come out because you are making the choices of this character. And so yeah, when someone is doing something really weird and uh, over and over again, uh, and it's just I'm just playing my character, well they're making they've made a decision to play the character that way.
3: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: That is a that is such an intense story though. It is. <laughs> <laughs> and just the fact weird. that Spicoli was like, oh he was an all star
0: wrestler, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> he just joke holds the dude. <laughs> All right, uh, I got to get up early because I got to take my son fishing in the morning. So I'm gonna go ahead and end it. First off, uh, thank you to EasyRollerDice.com, EasyRollerDice.com/slash/shift for their Kickstarter. Going back that, uh, thank you guys for coming in, and I'm gonna play the music and do the thing. Where is it? Thank you for joining us for season twenty-eight, episode seven of Happy Jack's RPG podcast. My name is Stu. I am Bill,
1: GM of Yuma Station, which appears on Happy Jack's network next Monday. This is Taffy.
0: This is Mo. And thank you guys for coming in. And we'll see you next week at seven p.m. Pacific time, HappyJacks.org/live. And until then, stay safe. Maybe see more.
3: problem make when you no problem have you don't want to make
0: the preceding program has been a presentation of the angry folk media empire bum, 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 bum,